Well, good evening and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Um, just mentioned, a, I've already handed out to you and I'll mention to you again. This is for Sunday night, okay? This, this will be also available Sunday morning. Uh, but uh, Sunday night, uh, we're, getting, we're moving towards the resurrection season, thinking about the death, burial, burial and resurrection of Christ. Uh, Seder is coming up. Uh, make sure you're signing up and inviting people. Um, so in anticipation of that Sunday evening, uh, we're going to look at Psalm 22. Uh, do a psalm study on Psalm 22, which is a messianic prophecy of the crucifixion of Christ. This uh, chronology by Dr. William Barrick um, analyzes the chronology of the crucifixion. And in the far right column, it um, tells you what passage, what verse in Psalm 22 relates to that, those events. So I think you'll find that helpful if you read through uh, Psalm 22, what is it, I think 31 verses, a um, lot of information there, more than we'll, we'll certainly cover, but it's just really a remarkable prediction of the Lord's crucifixion. So hopefully that will help you appreciate that. Well, let's pray, and then we'll begin our evening together. Our Father, thank you for, thank you for your word that is so remarkable. A thousand years before our Lord came, uh, yet the events of his crucifixion predicted so, so uh, powerfully. Lord, as we do enter into the season, how I pray that our hearts would um, be full with our Lord Jesus Christ and, and all he's done for us. And Father, as we uh, open your word tonight, speak to our hearts through it. Open our hearts in all of this, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing in our study of John chapter 4. Starting at verse 43. So let's look at verses 43 to 45 to start with. So we're going to go to the end of the book uh, this Sunday. Now after the two days, he departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they had also gone to the feast. So just a couple of quick, for start with some observations here. After two days, he departed from there. Where is there? Samaria. Samaria. Okay, so, so this is, we've had the Samaritan woman, woman at the well. He was two days of, of staying in, in Samaria and being a guest and preaching. Uh, uh, kind of spontaneously there. So after that, he then went on to Galilee. So from Judea up into the region of Galilee, which is not just the, it's the area around the Sea of Galilee, okay? Um, and then it says here, for Jesus uh, himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. What is the for? I like to look at those connecting words. What is the for there for? Galilee. Pardon me? That's why he went to Galilee. So why he went to Galilee? Because a prophet has no honor in his own country. So now the, so the question becomes, where's his own country if he's saying a prophet has no honor in his own country? 
Nazareth and the region of Galilee. So it's almost like he's, so, it's, so it seems like what it's saying, he went to Galilee because he's not going to be honored there. That's not about right. Okay, so I'm going to leave that as a question. <laughs> Let's think about that between now and Sunday. Um, I know you'll probably read through this passage eight, 12 times before then. So be, but, but that's one of those things. You know, sometimes we look over these things and just quickly race over these little connecting words, and they mean something. So he departed and went to Galilee because, or since, Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him. Are you starting to notice something about this passage? Pardon me? It's about Galilee. Three verses. I'm seeing it. One, two, three times. So, so we're supposed to notice. Okay, now he's in the Galilean region. Where they, and what kind of people are in Galilean region? Galileans. <laughs> you know, so, so, so notice he's, John's doing that for a reason. Maybe that's connected to that for Jesus himself. So Jesus is going there to his hometown of Galilee. And that seems to suggest there will be no honor for him there. Let's keep going. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they'd all gone to the feast. They received him. What does that mean? Welcomed him. Okay. What doesn't it say? It doesn't say they believed in him, does it? And why did they receive him? Because they saw the signs. They saw the miracles. Um, they thaw, saw all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they'd gone to the feast. And there was the Galileans. There was this Passover. Is a, um, um, everybody has to go. So they were all there. They saw what Jesus did. And um, when he came back, that caused a stir. And they were happy because, oh, we get to see the stuff here. Okay. What else hit you in, or do you notice as you look at this? Anything else? Okay. Good. So it says, having seen all these things, so these, I guess these people were in Jerusalem for Passover, Passover would be the feast that we're talking about. Yeah, that's what he was there for. Though it's been several months now, but they've been kind of looking for him. Um, yeah, and so. Uh, it would have been very crowded, but, the, you know, everybody would have been talking about it. Good. So, here we see them leaving Samaria. And, on their, and can you see the Sea of Galilee? So they're, they're heading towards um, the region of Galilee. Verse 46, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. 
So we've already said Jesus has just come from Samaria. Why isn't that mentioned, by the way? We keep saying he came. Um, why isn't it we're told he's coming from Samaria? Am I making too much of that? Because let's see, what did it say here? He, he departed from there, went to Galilee. He came again to Cana of Galilee where he'd made water wine. Okay, so we're kind of, yeah, we're, we know he came from Samaria, and now the emphasis, Cana of Galilee, Galilee, here's more Ga- Galilee again, Galilee, Galilee, okay? And a certain nobleman came. Now, what, what, is, what do you think, nobleman? What strikes you? What does that word uh, say to you? Probably man of wealth and position. Good, what else strikes you? A king's officer. Why do you get that? What's the King James say there? Is it no? It a, a nobleman, but um, Ryder says literally a king's officer. Yeah, literally, it's. Um, I'll, I'll throw some Greek out so you can see if you can notice this. The king, word for king is basilus. The word for nobleman is basilikos. So, yeah, he's, he's in service of. Royalty. I don't know if he's a, a servant of Herod, but no, it's, but he's a, a courtier or something like that. He's a high-ranking official. Okay? Uh, pardon me? We don't know his name. Okay? Um, so what kind of person have we just seen Jesus with? Samaritans. Where do they fit on the social ladder? Pretty low, yeah. <laughs> um, and now we see a nobleman, and probably Jewish, we're going to gather from all of this. So here's, the, here's a scene. Let's have, does that kind of give you a picture of what it must have looked like? Jump out at you. Okay, do you see you see her? So she's kind of watching the whole scene. Yeah, well, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but she's a part sheepdog, so, I mean, that would be fitting for Israel. Okay. So, so Macy's over. Do you see her? Let me make sure I can make sure everyone can see her. Don't want to miss this one. Right there. You see her? What's that? Yeah, what do you think that is? That, what, is that, what do you think this is? Yeah, what's going on on the roof up here? Okay, so that might be kind of the, the, uh, the threshing. You know, I remember, remember um, the, the woman of Jericho? She had stalks of, of grain up there, so you might do your own threshing and that sort of thing up there. Um, this would be a typical, this would be a very typical Jewish-looking home. Um, the, the, the biblical law requires there's this, what they call, we call a parapet, so to keep you from walking off the edge of it. It might be a little higher than this. I don't, hard to know the perspective there. But it got warm, and this, you know, you didn't have air conditioning, and so you'd go up on the roof, especially in the breezy part of the evening, and you'd, you know, that's where you, you would go up there and, and, and hang out, or, and that's where you might draw dry produce, like grain or things. You could dry things up there, 
or maybe even do a little threshing up there and winnowing uh, on a small scale. So, yeah, that's probably a good picture of what things look like. Side maybe from the dog. Good. So here they come, and they're just kind of, you know, I like this. You know, you see there's people bringing their kids along there. Uh, this, is a, this is kind of a big deal. Let's go see what's going on. No, I'm going to guess they just came straight from Samaria. Come straight through uh, north, and they would have come to to Canaan and all that. They would, you know, it's kind of up in the same hill, hilly region. Good. Maps are helpful. And just reminded, remember what happened to Canaan, the water to wine? Yes. So when you say um, Galilee, and you're you're looking at the lake or sea or whatever, and Cana's up here. Is this all the region of Galilee, all the way around the whole lake? Um, yes. So, uh, that whole area would be called Galilee. Yeah, it'd be the Galilean area. There you go. Um, yeah, because uh, so, and we'll see a map later on. But is what is it? The red area there? It's kind of the reddish area. Yep. So, so that whole area. And so, Jesus growing up in Nazareth would have been considered Galilean. And so, so that whole area, really, from the Sea of Galilee to the to the Mediterranean uh, coast, would probably be considered Galilee. Oh, to the uh, east? Is that um, part of Galilee or not? Pro- probably not, because that politically is a di- different region. It all depends on, on, on the particular time frame. But that's, there's those different people over there. In, 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 right around the coast, yes, but, um, but probably not really seeing it entirely as Galilean. Good. Good thinking about it. So we've got to get the cultural background. Um, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, we already read this, where he had made the water wine. There was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him, come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So simple question, where was the nobleman from? Capernaum. Capernaum, okay. Good. So he's, which is also Galilean. So he's coming up to see Jesus in Cana. What did this nobleman, what do we, can we tell? What did he think about Jesus? Maybe Jesus could heal his son. Yeah. Do you think that he's doubtful or does he seem pretty convinced? convinced. Yeah. So, so what that tells us, by the way, is miracles, people came back from the feast and said, you wouldn't believe what happened. No one tells us this. John's the only one who even talks about the Judean, that early Judean ministry. He only, he, he, he only mentions it in passing through Nicodemus saying, you know, the signs. But it had Galilee talking, and months later, uh, words coming, here comes Jesus. He is... A healer. Back then, there were doctors, but a lot of what they did wasn't that much help. Matter of fact, the medicine could kill you <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it was helpful, but um, but here is a real healer, and there's something very few things as desperate as a a parent with a child that is fading. 
And, and here's a nobleman. He probably could access, you know, anything physicians could have done, he could have paid for it. But he's on his last legs, and, and he, he's convinced Jesus can heal him. Okay. Here's the nobleman. Study that picture and see if that says anything to you. What are you seeing? What do you have? Okay, do you guys see it? See the bicycle by the tree? Do you think there was a bicycle by the tree? No, no, I don't think so. It would have been a uh, skateboard. No. I'm just throwing a few details here to keep you on your toes. So, but he's talking to Jesus. And notice I like this. Here's the chariot. You know, come on. I'll get you down there. Let's go. Let's show a little bit. Okay, so I do have a map. There's the Sea of Galilee. Um, to the to the west of it is the region we would call Galilee. To the right, you see it's Bashan. Um, that's up in the area we, we read in the Old Testament about the, um, the the Bashan, you know, very fertile region uh, that would include Syria today, the Golan Heights into Syria. Uh, so you see, basically, especially Galilee heading east. So Samaria is going to be south, down this way. So if you're coming from Jerusalem, you could keep, just go pretty much straight north and go through Samaria to Cana. And of course, Jesus was starting down at Jericho area, down by the river, but he would have come up and headed up north. And so the most natural thing would be keep going north. Uh, if you're going to if he was going to try to avoid Samaria, he would have come down along the, the eastern side of the, the Jordan River and then come up uh, to Capernaum. So let's, so let's see what some of our towns look like. There's Cana. You may, you may not be able to see it right kind of in the middle up there. And there's Capernaum. And again, I like to mention it's called, we, we call it the Sea of Galilee because it's from the Galilean region but, um, and such, but they, called it, they call it Yom Kinneret. Kinneret, uh, Kinor is a, a harp. And if you kind of look at it, it's kind of got a harp shape to it. So the Sea of Galilee. Here's another view with a little more busyness to it. But again, you kind of see the way the lake the, the lays out. There's Capernaum. There's Cana. I'll just mention it while I'm here. If you go straight to the right, straight east from Cana, right on the coast of Galilee, you see Magdala. That's where Mary Magdalene came from. Okay. So it's about, as the crow flies, it's about 17 or 18 miles. Maybe I better show that to you again. As the crow flies... You know, I'm not. You know, there probably would have been some roads they took, and so um, Cana had it was a windy day, so the the crow just keeps flapping. What's that? Cycle. <laughs> um, okay. So back to this map to make it a little easier. It says he implored him to come down. What does that mean? Well, Cana and Capernaum. There they are. So Capernaum's a, an important city. It's like the port 
of the Sea of Galilee, uh, as far as, especially as far as the Jews. Tiberius existed, but the Jews didn't like it because it was built on a f- cemetery. So Capernaum was like a center of uh, commerce. And that will be the base, Jesus' home base, for about 18 months of ministry. But Cana is at an altitude of 758 feet above sea level. Capernaum is a negative. It's 500 feet below sea level. And, and, think, and then the Jordan River keeps going down all the way to the Sea of Galilee, or sea, the Dead Sea, which is the lowest part of earth. And so that kind of gives, when he says come down, he means come down. And like I said, the crow flying 17, 18 miles uh, that's not really taking into consideration you got to get on a road for your trip. Um, so this is in 1930s. This is what Cana looked like. Which literally, you could take it back 2,000 years and it wouldn't look very different at all. And this is why we know, say that women are stiff-necked. Can you, can you imagine the money you could make as a chiropractor if you lived in those days? I mean, look at that. Again, that's a heavy jar. Wow. Pardon me? Yeah. <laughs> how much they saved on hairdos. Absolutely. Uh, here's the spring. So you can see, you see where Cana is. They'd come up and load up. The, so here's Cana over here, the town of Cana. And, and they're coming up from the spring, and they're walking the water over there. Um, but you notice they were together? So kind of like the Samaritan woman alone. You know, this was kind of a socializing time. You talk as you go. And, you know, you don't want to go too fast because you might drop or spill your... So um, that's a good picture of what it would have looked like. This, this looks a little more advanced. Here's uh, the city of Cana. Uh, you get uh, this is this is 1920. This is 28 years before Israel um, becomes a nation. And so a lot of people, you know, so so when Israel came in, they brought modernization. They brought you know running water. They brought so much to the general area. Uh, but you can just kind of see this is uh, Capernaum. Now here it is today. So that's 28. Here it is right, 60 years later, 70 years, 80 years later. Look at the difference, huh? That's Cana today. And you notice you can buy souvenirs. Uh, these are the actual stone pots that were filled with water. <laughs> uh, but, but all the, anyway, so, so that's just to kind of give you a feel of, of the change that's happened, not just since the days of Jesus, but in the last century. It's just, it's just amazing. So that was the thing is people, you know, people like Mark Twain and so many others went and traveled and you got a good feel of what it looked like in the days of Jesus. It just hadn't changed. Except there was much more of a, a Muslim look because after um, the death of Muhammad, 620 AD, uh, Islam spread very quickly, uh, conquering many, this whole area down into northern Africa, Turkey. And this was under the um, uh, Ottoman Empire, under the Turks, until 1918, World War I defeated them. 
And so between that time and today, this is what's happened. No, back to the Bible. <laughs> so, then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Now, what's the nobleman's point here? <laughs> he just doesn't want to get into a debate here, a discussion, does he? He's very focused. Um, now, I want to point out, now if you're looking at that word you, that always is, a, in modern English, that's not as helpful. If you're looking at King James, that's the word ye, which is, tells you it's plural. So he, Jesus isn't saying unless you, and also the New King James adds in italics people. To emphasize, uh, is, he's saying unless you all say, um, see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe. So he isn't talking only to the nobleman, or maybe not really to, you know, he's probably looking at the whole crowd around him. Why are they so excited he's back? Miracles. Uh, and so, show us some miracles. And the guy says, I'm not looking for a show. My child's dying. You know, you see the difference? So he's trying, I think that's what he's getting at here. Yeah. Back up for a sure. You said um, he went to him and implored him to come down, and then you went off on Cana, and you didn't talk about implored. Oh, the word implored, let's see. He implored him. What's your thought on that? Well, I thought it was going to be like he begged him, but then I looked up all these verses that had the same use of the word, and it was seemed like it was just basically asked. Verse 47. Asked. Yeah. Good. Your Greek's doing well. It's, it's, not, the, it's not a strong uh, language there. But it was sure strong in his voice, I'm sure. I mean, do you get this guy's desperation? He doesn't even want to get into this debate of signs. My son's dying. You can heal him. Come down before my child dies. Now, he does say, sir. So you see, now, now who's speaking? Okay. Um, that seems pretty unusual. Now, if I were to uh, be ushered into the presence of Queen Elizabeth, I would have to be probably coached in the right ways to address her. I think you have to call her your majesty. And then after that, you may call her ma'am. What do you think the chances are she would refer to me as sir? Unless you were putting a knife on my shoulder. <laughs> uh, he's a nobleman. And, and yet he's talking to this uh, Galilean teacher and calls him sir. I think that says something about where he is. Think back, and that's when the Samaritan woman got over her snarky attitude. She then called him sir yeah. as well. Same word, and it's the word for Lord. Again, I don't think he's calling him deity, but he is. Here's a nobleman. Here is a man of uh, from of with uh, 
royal connections in the royal, you know, he comes from the royal court and he's calling him Lord. Yeah, well, that, yeah, I think you're right. So here's a man who understands authority and he recognizes, uh, so he's not, he's not just treating him like a hired magician, sir. But there's desperation. My child is dying. We'll talk, we'll talk your issues uh, over a cup of coffee. Just come get my, heal my child, please. He's dying. Okay. Good. So here's Jesus saying, um, unless you see signs in, 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 and wonders, and he's saying, please heal my son. So verse 50, Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. Okay, parents. What would, think about, would that satisfy you? Um, you know, just, can, can't you just, but notice it says, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. How does that strike you? Yeah. I, I, pardon me? He does. He's changing his tune. Um, and and unless, I mean, he so believed the word of Jesus. No, he believed the word of Jesus. Okay, so who's changing his tune? I think the, the nobleman is changing where, where he's growing even cl- clearer in his conviction. I think he's growing. As, you know, he's, he was never unbelieving. But here he is, he's believing his word. He's willing to walk away from Jesus and, and just trust his word. And I think he believed before he set out. He went on this 20-mile trip, <coughs> trying to locate Jesus to have his son healed. He's convinced he could heal, but I guess, I think this is another step where he, he's, the belief that, I can, that you can heal from a distance. Because we all know, you know, you've got to touch you got to say some words and, you know, do that stuff. And um, he just tells him to go his way. How does that strike you as far as? That's an even greater. He even tells Jesus, no, 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 you don't need to come. Uh, I, you're, you're a man of, I know authority. You just declare it. Yeah. Sp- so similar. Yeah. Um, compare Jesus. Have you ever seen a, a, any of these uh, professing miracle workers today? How does this compare to their approach? Yeah. No money. No this. No that. No some of these. There's all this emotion, all this kind of stuff. He just says, "Go home." Um, your son is your son lives, and so he believed him, and he went his way. The simplicity of that—that's faith. Yeah, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. He's convinced. Okay, he's good. Okay, I'm going to go home. Um, okay, and as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, "Your son lives." So on the way, he encounters his servants. So they've come running to to meet him. With good news. I just want to keep, by the way, here's, notice your son. That's singular, thy, in the King James and in the Greek. 
So here he is sending the nobleman down. Your son lives. Here's the servants uh, announcing he's alive. See any editing I've done to this picture? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour at which Jesus said to him, your son lives, he himself believed in his whole household. So seventh hour, what does that look like? Um, in the Jewish reckoning, it starts at sunrise. That would put it somewhere around noonish or something. He'd have had a hard time getting from Capernaum up to Cana by that time frame. And John, I'm, I'm more and more convinced, is using Roman time throughout, and that would put it at 7 p.m. So he got there. Jesus got there. Jesus told him he's healed. Now notice, what do you, what's the significance of the word? When did it happen? Yesterday at the seventh hour. What does that tell us? Took him a while to get home. It looks to me, now again, they didn't have the kind of lights that we have. So when it's dark, it is dark. Sounds to me like he spent the night in Cana. Now think about that as a parent. If your child is on the edge of death, are you going to take a nap in Cana and then go down in the morning? Or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wife would not have been happy. You did what? But this, should, to me, just again shows, see, faith gives calm of heart because we're trusting in the Lord to do his will. And so in the midst of this terrible crisis in his life, he has calm of heart so that he can spend the night in Cana. Maybe he really enjoyed listening to some of Jesus' uh, teaching or something, but he goes down the next day. The servants are on their way up. Now that it's light, they meet him, and um, he does the calculations and says, yep, that's when Jesus said he was alive. He, was, he would live. And so there they are talking again. Do you notice something about the picture? Planes? Yeah, but it's changed directions. Do you see that? Ah, It's coming back. How does that, how how does the plane help the story? Not at all. Okay, so he gets home and and here he is with his son just... um, Thrilled and relieved and rejoicing. Again, he, I'm convinced he tried everything money could do and influence. You know, a nobleman can get access to some pretty good resources. But he heard, believed, trusted in Jesus. And notice it does say something. He believed with his whole household. What does that tell us? Yeah, he explained. You know, yeah, and and, they, and so they can convince. At seven o'clock last night, he said he's a lot. He's healed. And they said at seven o'clock last night, he was healed. 
And so they all believe. And um, how much do they believe? Not clear, um, but belief. And again, in an influential ca- uh, category here in Capernaum. Yes? Why do we have to question how much they believed? It says they believed. So wouldn't we just assume they all believed Jesus? Why, why do we have to question why they believe? Um, I know there's different kinds of belief going on in this passage, but it just seems like that's like the climax of it all. What are your reactions? Is this a saving belief? Is this a, uh, what, what, is, is it just believing it was a miracle? What's he, what are they believing? Yes. Well, they're believing. He's saying they believed after the fact that the son is healed. So if it was just that they believed that Jesus could heal him, it seems like they wouldn't be talking about it after the fact. So, I mean, just on a surface level, it seems like we're talking about belief in something beyond just healing. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm, you know, the one caution I'm having is back in John chapter 2, um, it said that many believed in Jesus, but he wasn't entrusting himself because he knew what's in the heart of man. So they might have been, but that may have been more surfacey, just looking, at, you know, and on the other hand, what is John telling us he wants us to, to learn about from reading this book? That he's God and that in believing him, he might have eternal life. So it would be right well served well within his narrative here's someone who believed and and it went throughout his whole household and i should express household here um means household not necessarily family so servants and all that everyone heard everyone believed and that's kind of a beautiful picture can you think of another example where uh, something like that happened Boaz, yeah, is a good example of a godly man with uh, someone else. Philippian jailer, whole house. So, so that whole thing that, that faith can, can spread through a family, a, a household, a family and servants. And, so, and that tells you something about these characters, doesn't it? That, like a Boaz and this one, jailer, that the respect that, you know, that was, tells me something about it was already a tight-knit household. And so they can't, I think they share in faith together. Yeah, I can't be dogmatic, but I'd be inclined to say it's genuine faith because of what John's trying to tell us. So this is the second sign Jesus did when he'd come out of Judea into Galilee. Why are we told it's the second sign Jesus did? It's the second sign in that area, in Cana area. Water turned into wine. He did all these other things in Judea, but they're not counting those things. Okay. So here's a passage um, that talks about signs so far. Chapter 2, beginning of signs, Cana of Galilee. Um, John chapter 2, verse 23. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Nicodemus, no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Um, 
But those Judean signs don't seem to be what he's talking about because notice what he says. The second sign Jesus did when he'd come out of Judea into Galilee. Why are we emphasizing Galilee here? Where he's from? So, so I think he's, yeah, we're supposed to be noticing this Galilean ministry, hometown, and typically prophets don't get honor in their hometown. So here we see the second sign. There were a bunch done in Jerusalem. We're not told how many or what. But I think, yeah, this is, you know, to see what kind of response he's going to get. I just, again, I always like to put things in context. How, how are we doing so far? It makes sense? You look like you've got a question. To see what kind of response he's going to get. In Galilee. No, I think he already knows what kind of response he's But we're going to learn as we go through the book that for the most part, he's going to, he's going to face a lot of opposition. Um, per- So two miracles so far in Cana, both of them kind of private. The wedding, the family down in Capernaum, not Cana. Um, apparently public stuff in Jerusalem. But really the real challenge is Samaria, how many miracles? Zero. And they came to faith. They're saying, don't leave us, don't leave us. We want to hear more from you. What a rebuke to the Jews. Yeah. Unless you see the signs, you're not going to believe. And even then, it's how much, how, how, you know, and they keep asking for more and more signs right up to the end. Show us a sign. So, context wise, just to think through the book, back in Luke chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, and news went of him throughout all the surrounding region. He taught in their synagogue, being glorified by all. Now, same context, after the two days, he departed from there, went down to Galilee, second sign. So here, so Luke says here he is um, returning to Galilee. Uh, Luke doesn't tell us about the Judean ministry, but John fills that in. But both of them coincide. Here's Jesus coming back to Galilee. Verse 16, so he came to Nazareth, probably after Cana where he'd been brought up, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And how did that go? Yeah, they were trying to throw him off the cliff uh, because he claimed to be Messiah. So, um, so, th- so maybe John understands that we know about Luke's account, so he doesn't have to fill it in when he tells us about the no honor at home. And he's kind of giving us the broader picture. But that's kind of, this is where that fits. It's right there between those verses, if you will, uh, in, John, in Luke chapter 4 is where um, we would put this visit to Cana. Okay. He's in another region and they want to make him king. And he knows that isn't the case. You can count on the people of Galilee not to. <laughs> yeah. Not to that. Yeah, so, yeah, they want to make him king, but why? You know, because it'll be good for the belly. Yeah. So we're going to see some ministry here, but don't get your hopes up and maybe one of the things that we might learn from it.
But we did see this nobleman's family, household, believing. Okay? Any other thoughts or comments on it? Yes, sir. I don't know if this was mentioned. I did. I missed it, if so. But uh, talking about believing in verse 50, um, where Jesus told him to go your way, your son lives. He said, so the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. And then um, in verse 53, it says, and he himself believed in his whole household. It seems like it's two different types of belief. First one, he believed his word, believed what he said. But then it's, yeah, okay, so are you hearing what, what Dennis is saying? So it said he, he believed his word enough to leave Jesus. But when he actually saw the confirmation, it was at that time and all that, he believed in his household. Um, so is that a subsequent belief? Or, um, or is that just kind of, you know, no, is, is he deepening in his belief? Take a quick look, look at verse 53. Good observation there. Believed. Yeah, it's, an, it's a simple, he believed. So it's not like he had believed and they believed with him. So it seems like he's only getting deeper in his, in his belief in Jesus. Good. You know, you wonder, uh, you remember Jesus was, had people that supported his ministry, you know, in, in his travels. You wonder if this nobleman is one of them. Uh, when he heard of Jesus... You know, I'm sure he did everything he could to help him out after, hey, you saved my son's life. Good. Any other comments? Keep reading. Keep thinking. And we'll come back Sunday and have all the answers from you. And before we shut down, I'll just again say, I really do encourage you to look ahead uh, read and think about um, uh, Psalm 22 for the evening. You know that's one of those. Um, some, you know that's that's the psalm that our Lord's quoting from the cross. And so as we enter into the season of Passover and crucifixion and resurrection, um, this is what our Lord was thinking about. So I think we should uh, turn our hearts to the same psalm and ask the Lord to help us to to see his heart as it's revealed there. So let's pray. And then we'll pray. Our Father, thank you for um, this, your word. Thank you for letting us see our Lord in action uh, there in Galilee, there in his hometown. And Father, grieves us that so many who were so familiar with him uh, would not believe because of their familiarity. Father, um, Deliver us from being so familiar with Jesus that we're not trusting him as Savior and trusting him with our lives. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.